0: So I can remember uh, many things from my career. One thing I always liked to do was arrest people, Uh, especially I love serving uh, arrest warrants. Uh, The riskier the arrest warrant, the more I liked it. Well, I was at Magistrate Court one day with another trooper and there was a female in there that we had a case with and she was wanting to give us information on her ex-husband. So she tells us, she's like, hey Trooper Mason, she said, I understand you're looking for her ex-husband Oh roy i'm like yeah I, i'm not but maybe one of the other troopers is she goes i know the truth i know what's going on y'all got a felony warrant for him i'm like okay and she said i know where you can find him i said oh you do she's like yeah she she gives us directions to his house when she's on top of one of the mountain ridges in hampshire county and she tells us she said he lives up in this subdivision she said uh once you uh, start up his road, the only house on his road from the subdivision road is his house. And there's no other houses up there. And you can't drive your cruiser up there. He's going to see you coming. So she gives us all these details. And uh, she said now, if his, he's got a, I think she said he had an orange Trans Am or Camaro. If his orange sports car is there, he's there. He might not be in the house, but he's somewhere up there. And he likes to hang out in the woods. And she said, if he sees you coming, he'll run into the woods. He'll flee into the woods to avoid you. Because she said, he knows he's one." Well, she despised her ex-husband. And there, as they say, there's nothing like a woman scorn. So me and the other trooper, uh, once we left magistrate court, the other trooper looks at me, he's like, hey, you want to go execute that warrant? I'm like, well, it's actually Trooper so-and-so's warrant. He's like, yeah, but she thinks he's up there today. Maybe we got to go up there today. I'm like, Okay, you know, that's fine. We'll go up there. So I hop in with my fellow trooper, and he, he drives up to the subdivision. Well, actually, first we grabbed the warrant from the office, and then we head up there. And he stops at the bottom of the this guy's driveway near a shale pit. He's like, look, we're going to park the cruiser here. He said, we'll go up the hill, one foot through the woods, staying out of his driveway so he can't see us. And, of course, it was summertime and it was hotter than heck out. And uh, maybe we'd get lucky and catch him at his house. He said, okay. So we start up the hill. And we get within eyesight of the house, which we weren't very far from the house because it was pretty heavily wooded all around the house. We could see an orange sports car sitting in a driveway. We're like, crap, he's there. Um, so we ended up approaching a house. House was unlocked. We ended up searching it. Did not find him in the house, but we knew he was somewhere around. My wife was adamant that he was there. So my buddy looks at me. He's like, hey, you want to look around in the woods a little bit? We'll walk back down toward the cruiser. He said, you take the left side of the road. I'll take the right. Meet back up at the cruiser at the shell pit. Maybe we'll get lucky and find him. I'm like, okay. So there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of acres of just woods near this guy's freaking house um at the bottom of the mountain was a uh a couple farm fields and there was cows in one and horses in the other so anyway we start down through the woods and at some point i guess i got off track and i missed the shell pit because it was on i believe going back down would have been on the um right or left side of the road or right side of the road going down uh coming up it was on the left and now i was on the left side of the road going down so it was across the road for me so i guess that's how i missed it but anyway i get to the bottom of the mountain and i know i'm obviously i've done missed the cruiser because it wasn't at the completely at the bottom of the mountain so i'm like okay now i must be lost so i come to this fence and there's this big old nasty looking bull inside this fence fenced in field i'm like i'm not going through there so I followed the fence over to the, which I guess it would have been to the west. I come to an intersection. That fence intersected with another fence. So I thought, well, I wonder what's in here. So I start walking along that fence and the bull was segregated to the fence, to the field, to the right. So I knew he couldn't get me. And I seen there were some horses in there. I'm like, okay, this is where I'll go through the field. I'm not too worried about horses. So I duck on the fence, the wooden fence. I start through the field. Looking for a place to start back up the mountain. Because obviously I've missed the shell pit. I don't want to go back up the driveway. I didn't even know where the driveway was at at this point. So I start back up the hill. I go through the field. I get to what looked like a rather decent spot there in the wooded area. And I go through the fence and start through the woods. Well, what looked like open woods quickly turned into very congested, heavy underbrush, heavy pine thicket uh briar thicket woods um so it got to a point where i'm doing a belly crawl through pine needles to get under these pine limbs to try to get in a more open area of the woods where i can stand up and walk again so i'm low crawling basically under all these pine limbs and as i'm low crawling through there i come out of the pine limbs and i pop up And I look there right in front of me, maybe 20 yards. And there's a guy leaning up against the tree, breathing heavily. And uh, when I see him, I yelled at him. I said, Roy, show me your damn hands. Show me your damn hands. Because I knew it was my suspect. Um, I was very positive because I would dealt with him before. I knew what he looked like. So he sticks his hands up. So I go running over him, make him turn around. I search him, cuff him, search him. Um, then I asked him, I'm like, Roy, what the hell were you running from me for? Oh, I swear Trooper Mason, I wasn't running from you, man. I was out walking in the woods, which was bullshit. I knew he'd been running. He was out of breath and he was trying to, he was hoping I wouldn't see him when he's leaned up against this tree wearing camo, but it didn't work because he was breathing too heavy. So then I'm thinking, great. So I got the guy come after he's 10:15. I got a portable one, but I'm out of range of our cruiser. Even though the repeaters on, those repeaters in them old low band cars were only good for about line of sight, maybe 50 feet, maybe flat ground, maybe 150. Heck, I was probably two miles from the cruiser, probably on the other side of the rain, ridge. So there was no way I was going to hit the car repeater. So I was literally cut off from my partner. I didn't think he could hear me. And dispatch, I knew couldn't hear me. So I start going through the woods. And I'd come to the point where I had to stop because I didn't know where the shell pit was in relation to that. So I thought I'd yell for my partner. So I yelled uh, 659-601. No answer. 659, which was my unit number at the time. 601. Do you copy? And I waited a couple minutes and I hear some broken static of 601. Is that you, 659? I'm like, six five nine six zero one ten four. Um can you copy me? He goes, Yeah, I can copy you now. Where are you at? Ten twenty. I'm like, six five nine six zero one. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in the woods. Six zero one six five nine. Ten nine? What what did you say? I said, I'm in the woods. I don't know where I'm at. So then the fellow trooper, six zero one, he yells, is six zero one, six five nine, what's your status? I said, well, my status right now is 10-4. I'm also 10-15, one male subject. Then there was just silence. Nothing. I don't hear a thing for a couple minutes. And then I hear 601 to 659. Did you say you're 10-15 with one male subject? 659, 601, 10-4, I'm 10-15, one male subject. And then just silence again. And I hear 601. Six five nine. Ten four, sir. Congratulations. I'll let dispatch know. Cause they've been yelling at you for some time now. And I have two, and we haven't been able to get a hold of you. I was starting to get a little worried. Uh I went I yelled back at him. I said, six five nine six zero one ten four. I'm ten fifteen, one male subject. Uh I'll be ten seventeen to the cruiser uh, if we can locate it. So I get off the radio and I look at my prisoner. I said, Roy, where's the shell pit at? Oh, I don't know, Trooper Mason. I was like, Roy, don't bullshit me. I've been chasing you around these damn woods for two hours now. Where in the hell is the shell pit at? You live up here. You know where it is. Well, I think there's a power line that goes to it. I'm like, you're right. There is. Take me to it. So he begged me to take his cuffs off, which I wouldn't, because he'd already been obviously been hiding and trying to avoid us and running from us. And I had a felony warrant for him. So he led me out of the woods back to the cruiser through some pretty rough debris and terrain uh he wasn't a happy camper but we got him i got him and uh even till this till, till not long before i retired that trooper um my fellow trooper that was with me that day could still talk with the story about how i was the only trooper he ever knew that got lost looking for a fugitive and ended up arresting the fugitive in the woods and uh getting the person he was after he just thought that was so cool He'd never heard of that happen before. But the guys used to joke with me about it, but you know what? I didn't get hurt. The prisoner didn't get hurt. He got arrested, felony warrant got served, everybody went home safe. So it's a funny story to look back on now. It wasn't too funny then, but it, it it brings a chuckle now thinking back on it.